which you all know what the rock music means. It's the nooffseason.com sports card content network. This is basketball card strategy show episode nine. I am Paul Hickey with nooffseason.com and I am joined by Darius Garland yeah, from buddy. Cleveland, Ohio. Well, there, there he is. There's I got Darius my friend Garland. Kevin Love with me too. Kevin is here if I need a Kevin rebound loves. there three. So, hey, Paul, how are you, man? Cavaliers <laughs> legend. What's up, Gary? This is uh, Gary from Hoops and Cards, of course, joining me as my co-host on the Basketball Card Strategy Yeah, great show. to see you, Paul. You too. You too. Um, all right. So, uh, just real quick, we'll get a quick promo out of the way here. Um, I got to ask a question uh, of the audience. And the question is, is... Why vault your cards with the original marketplace? Because the eBay vault isn't just a way to protect what you collect. It's a new way to trade. Not only have your cards never been safer thanks to our secure climate-controlled facility, but you're also locking in real savings. You pay no sales tax when you ship or transact within the vault, and there are no storage fees for two years. Now just imagine everything you can do with all that money. And with the eBay Vault's seamless in-app experience, you can track, buy, and sell your cards in real time. From listing your cards in seconds with eBay Collection to tracking trends with eBay Price Guide, managing your collection is more seamless than ever before. The eBay Vault, buy, sell, secure. And then, of course, Gary, we all know that if you want to get a, a free year of the premium product at nooffseason.com, just email me at paul at nooffseason.com to find out how. And if you're already a member, email me anyway, and I'll hook you up with something good. And I want to talk about hoops and cards with you today. Let's start with the hoops. You've probably watched more NBA basketball this year than I have. Um, tell me what you've seen so far. Just overall news and notes. What are your What are your first impressions of the NBA season? Yeah, Paul, I... I'm one of those guys that's into basketball cards because I'm a fan first and I do love me some watching basketball. Uh, it was hard not to go to a couple Cavaliers games this week. They had uh, their first couple home games, but yeah, I've watched basketball pretty much every day and watched the highlights and watch Cavaliers games and whatever's on ESPN. I haven't broke down and got the uh, NBA league pass. They, they have such a great black Friday deal here for 49 bucks. So I'm going to see if I can hold out for, maybe that first Ooh. month free promotion. And then after that month, cancel that and then go for the $49 black Friday deal. So, you know, I'm always negotiating, but, um, but yeah, your question, man, I, I, it, first of all, as a fan, it is just exciting to see the guys do what they do. And John Morant is at the top of my list. Uh, that game where he had 49 points and the other game where he had 38 and Desmond Bain went off for 38. Uh, it, it's, it's, there's a, there's two levels of fun there. Number one, they're, they're incredible athletes. Like to see what Ja can do with the ball, uh, and the way he leads the team, the way he attacks the defense and the, the way he just explodes to the rim is like, um, money. I mean, it's awesome, but it's also, it's also rewarding as you know, when you've talked about a guy all summer or when you've talked about a player and then you start to see him actually do what you, you know, he can, and you know, he's done before. You just want to see him keep doing it. Uh, that's, that's like a blast as far as a card investor perspective. So uh, for me, no, first impressions would be uh, 
honestly, I know how much teams are just settling in in that first four to six weeks. And so this from playing fantasy basketball for many years, I know not to get too worked up about one game or one week or two weeks in November. So I'm not going to be too down on LaMelo ball. I'm not going to be too high on the Utah Jazz. Like, What is going on? The Utah Jazz can't lose. You know, I mean, we 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 could just do the whole show about Laurie Markinen and and uh, Jordan Clarkson if we wanted. But no, the, the teams are just getting settled in. It I, I would say the the take home would be nice to see some guys healthy that that can do what they can do again. Like Damian Lillard, that guy is uh, not that I, I I guess for a while when you don't see a player play for a year, you start to wonder will he return as the same? Like we're we gonna get the slow and old James Harden who is just out there trying to draw fouls and get calls. Or are we going to get the James Harden that can triple W and do, you know, it, his first couple games were he was just on fire. So uh, it is great to see some guys back. Kawhi not fully back, uh, you know, Zion back and then he's not and then he falls on his butt. Like, I'm not really sure what to do with Zion yet. But uh, but yeah, every day seems like a new adventure and a new chapter in the story. And at the same time, as a card investor and collector, for the most part, I'm like this, like I'm not. I'm not in a rush to buy. I'm not in a rush to spend. If I have bought it, I think I bought one card in the last 10 days, which is like uh, like I'm starving my my card uh, hunger here a little bit. But that one card, I paid less than half of the guy's original asking price. So, yeah, as much as I'm excited about the season, Paul, like I'm I'm uh, kind of in waiting mode because like you, I think the buying opportunities are going to be there for another eight to 10 weeks. Um. So yeah, just watching the NBA season start to play out. Man, Paolo looks incredible. Uh, so what he did to the Cavs last night, and that his averages for five games are ahead of where Michael Jordan's were for five games. So a lot of good storylines. I'm excited to, to see you this morning, and uh, you know, see where the conversation leads, man. Yeah, absolutely. I was I figured you probably saw Paolo, and uh, oh. that's that's pretty exciting. Oh yeah, yeah, he's incredible. And, and the thing is, you can't buy his cards yet. Yeah. You know, we're sitting around watching select first off the line breaks and it's like almost November of the next season. <laughs> so, yeah, I can't wait to see. Uh, yeah. Rookies. So the thing with that is um, I agree. Like, I don't think that any 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 of us should be buying any of those cards yet that are the college uniforms. But there is I, I mentioned this on the sports card strategy show a couple episodes ago is that back during the NCAA tournament, I mentioned to Kendall. Um, in March, that Panini's release of the instant uh, Duke licensed Paolo autos, sticker mm. autos, were in- intriguing to me, and that I almost bought one, but they were like four or five hundred dollars, so I was staying away. Well, one sold, I think, for twenty five hundred or twenty eight hundred, according oh. to Slab Stop. So there are plays that can be made with uh, active rookies, even with the pro uniform releases not really coming until the end or or after their you rookie to look. season. You got to know where to find them. You, yeah. Yeah. Are you and then of course yourself, you wish you had bought it. Yeah. Yeah, and Bowman U Chet cards are interesting to me. Um cuz they they should be lower than they've ever been or potentially ever will be. Um and it can take um it's a play. It's not a hold. It's not it's not a stash yeah. forever because you because of because it's Chet and and he could be a legend it's it's a quick flip it's but it's a timed flip to where you would buy the bowman you of the player whether it's chet whether it's Jaden ivy i don't even know if jay you know if if Jaden has them um i don't know who has them and who doesn't i know chet has them 
I know I don't think Paolo does because of the Panini thing. But uh, because Chet has that card, um, basically it's a it's a it's a turnkey play, meaning you buy it now while no one's paying attention to Chet, and then you you sell it before Chet's first big pro release card comes out. Um, you don't wait until Chet comes back because by the time Chet comes back, he's going to have pro release cards out that people are going to want more than the Bowman U. So yeah. Bowman U auto Chet for a couple hundred dollars is an investment. But I agree. Like, I don't think we should be looking at buying the rookies. I think guys that we should maybe be look. And I also agree with you that we shouldn't necessarily be looking at buying a whole ton of basketball cards right now. Good morning, Ziggy. Uh, good to see you back uh, on the live stream, Ziggy. Good to see you, man. Hope you're doing well. Sports card show. Um, chiming in here. We'd love to know your thoughts on some basketball card strategy. If you have questions or comments, chime in here. Um, what I was going to say, though, is that uh, I like so I agree that we shouldn't necessarily be buying right now based on what's happening because we did an episode. We did several episodes leading up to this episode saying, now is the time to buy back in August and September mm -hmm. and even mid all the way up through mid-October where you can flip during the hype of, of this sort of early season run. But one guy that you mentioned in your opening, LaMelo. Mm -hmm. I'm intrigued by LaMelo from the standpoint of um, because he is a player who has been on my radar since his rookie season as a longer term investment meaning someone who can get whatever team he's on potentially to the nba finals uh, at some point in his career which is really going to be what drives the the pricing up um now could be an interesting time to invest in bigger lamello cards um or even even like your mid-level lamello cards um just because he's not taking up any of the headlines, he's not in the box score, he's not in the highlights. We don't really know exactly when he's coming back, but we know that it's not a situation where it's going to keep him out longer than probably another month or so. So um, he's on my radar, and I haven't looked at much data from Market Movers. If you want to look at data from Market Movers, go to marketmoversapp.com, use the promo code NOOFFSEASON, get your first month for only a dollar. Um, Ziggy's probably rolling his eyes at me because I'm throwing <laughs> But anyway, um, so yeah, what do you think of LaMelo, Gary? I was about to say the same thing. A good time for a long-term play on higher-end LaMellos. That you 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 took the words, man. I at the same time, I don't see Charlotte as a playoff team. So if you are gonna sell like resell LaMelo, it, it probably needs to be all-star break-ish or keep it for a couple years. Like I, I don't usually like to tie up money for that long, but it, you're right. Higher end, this could be a great time. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't, I don't think that, um, that buying like a base Lamello or, a, or thinking of him as a quick flip this year is really the right move. I think he's a guy that's like in the, in the conversation of the job potential. I mean, he's a tier below the jaws and the Lucas of the world, but he's not that far. And because he's still got a lot of hype around him, um, he can put up, you know, he's he'd be a guy that's capable of putting up a triple double with 40 points. You know what I mean? And and when that happens, that's another that's another potential like quick hype spike for for cards. But I mean, what's interesting is like I'm toggling through a lot of these different players on market movers right now as we talk, and everyone like not not every not 
all <laughs> cards for everyone is uh, are up. But like almost when you type in any big name NBA player into market movers right now in the movements section of of the app, it's like in the last it's specifically the last 14 days everyone's up a lot let's just that's that's something that i can that i can um that i can tell in the data just from look just from a quick view um i know it's not detailed to say everyone's up a lot but if you put a recognizable <laughs> superstar ish name a number one player on their team name into market movers even a lamello who hasn't who hasn't played yet cuz he got injured in the preseason um their cards are up um, Slabstock said something about Giannis being down today, but that was one particular card. That's one particular. Mm. Like, so, so there are cards that are down, and that's what we help you look at it when you go to nooffseason.com. We help you look at what cards are down so you can make plays on those cards related to the players. But this leads me into a question, Gary. Um, if everyone generally is up, are there players that you are looking to sell right now, even in this? early point in the season like who would you are there are there guys where you're looking at it and you're like you know what this can't continue i think i'm gonna go ahead and move move him right now yeah the cards i i feel that way about selling paul and uh, it is encouraging to hear you say the the movement showing that a lot of players are up like the, the market people are coming back to basketball right and aware of the stars aware of each team and each market now i i'm selling the cards that i know what I paid for them and I know to sell them now like, brings me some money profit I can use on other cards that are down. So it's a little bit more subjective than to say, Hey, here's the three players I'm selling. Yep. Uh, you know, I, I'm selling the guys that like, I, okay, I'll give you a, for instance, I had a Desmond Bain silver prism rookie that I thought looked well-centered. I got it at a show in a trade, sent it to PSA, came back as a 10. Yay. Like three, three weeks later, I got it as a 10. Um, it went, I mean, the raw card is 40 bucks. The PSA 10 is 250. I had to sell it. Like I had to sell it now, even though I believe Desmond Bain cards are going to go up. I just felt like, man, I paid, I paid 40 and then 18 to grade it. I got a chance to get two two fifty. I got to do it because I know what else yeah. I'm looking at and, and what kind of deals I'm getting on other players. And yeah, I mean, could I have waited a couple of weeks and sold that thing for some people are paying 300 for Desmond Bain silvers. Yes. But my hope is to go do it again. Like go to the show on Saturday, buy another Desmond Bain silver or yes. Tyrese Halliburton or Tyrese Maxey or any one of 15 players I could name right now looking at, is it centered? Is it scratched up? Like, does it look clean? And uh, the possibility of getting that graded and, and flipping again. So that, that was, and then there's other cards I'm holding on to because they didn't score a 10, but but yeah, I'm selling cards that I know I can make a profit on now. I love that. And I love, so two things. One, everybody needs to go back, um, hit the little 15 second rewind on, mm. on your podcast app uh, or on YouTube and listen to what Gary said again, because he's, I've never done this in person with Gary. I look forward to doing it uh, with him one day uh, at a card show, but he seems to be masterful at going to card shows, finding raw cards like this, and then uh, knowing what the play is with them. Now that grading has been open at PSA and actually pretty fast for the last several months uh, and, and, and inexpensive at the bulk level and economy level, um, that he knows what the play is, whether it's to grade it or to flip it uh, raw. And I think that the card show 
to potentially grading more, more likely than not to grading than to eBay move is a phenomenal move right now. Um, I I'm doing that on a larger scale with one particular card that I bought at the national that came back at 10. This is a Jordan pool, uh, 2019 contenders oh, yeah. rookie ticket auto. That's like a premium, um, premium variation. It's not serial numbered, but it's a short print and it came back at 10. I didn't get the auto graded because I didn't think this is, let me know what you think in the comments of this move, because I know some people probably have some heavy opinions on it. And then other people probably agree with me <laughs> that it's not that big of a deal. I didn't think the auto was going to get a 10, so I didn't get the auto graded. It would have cost me more money to get the auto graded. It would have been a whole separate submission. Mm -hmm. So I just submitted it at the bulk $18 a card level with a bunch of other cards. Didn't get the auto graded. Came back at 10, um, but it's obviously an auto, and a Panini Authentic Auto. So I all in, I was like $318 all in for the card. It just sold on eBay. The buyer hasn't paid yet. So hopefully that can be my win of the week on Monday or on, we're going to do the sports card strategy show on Tuesday, Kendall and I, hopefully my win of the week will be that the buyer actually paid for it, but it sold for over $1,400. So this would be basically a thousand dollar profit. And that is me doing what you're saying. Yeah. I know I can profit on this card right now because it's a player. It's a desirable player, a highly desirable card. Some. Uh, there's a play in it for someone else who's buying it. Meaning if the huge market of people thinking that golden States, you know, going to make it far, potentially win it again, huge market for Jordan pool. Um, I don't love Jordan pool. I was in it. I'm kind of in it to make money anyway, in this particular, with this particular card. So why not list it at the beginning of the NBA season, knowing I can make a profit off of it and if the mm -hmm. buyer pays i think we both got a good deal because i still think there's upside in that card but i'm not going to wait around for the upside when then there's more downside if something were to happen to jordan pool or if the warriors were to potentially not go as far mm -hmm. so um another another side of that is like my answer to my own question is who, <laughs> who would i sell now I dug in deep based on your analysis because I think you're absolutely right. It depends on the card. It depends on the entire scenario, not just the mm -hmm. player. The player hey, and the card. This is another one. See this Anthony Simons? Is it Simons, Optic yeah. This got a yeah. 10. This got a 10, and I think I paid $15 for it at a show. And uh, I love Anthony Simons. I would not say sell your Anthony Simons. I'm buying Anthony Simons, but this card... Like right yeah. now, I can get more than $200 on eBay. I've got a bunch of watchers. I, I, I might send offers, but I just put it up yesterday. Uh, Simons is a great young player who I'm buying, but this card, right? It's exact. It's another example. I'm not saying that it works that way every time. That's but when, great I'm able example. To, when I'm able to see a, pers a, a card in person and look at it in different angles and, and scrutinize it, and I... I am, I'll admit, Paul, I'm not great at that. I actually, when I'm at a show, I'll go to uh, uh, my friend Brett or my friend John and I'll say, hey, take a look at this card with me. Like, should I pour it? Not a $10 card. I'm not going to run into bread every time. But like, if it's if it's a possibility that I'm going to send it in for grading, I get one or two other eyes on it and say, you know, before, before I splurge, because I want to find those cards that I can do this with. Yeah, I love that, man. That's, um... It's something I look forward to doing a lot more of when 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 we're back in the United States in December and looking forward to going to a bunch of card shows. I'm actually going to the London card show um, this Saturday nice. with my son. So we're we're going to the NFL game, uh, Broncos and Jags, and we're going to go to the London card show. So on next week's show of the Sports Card Strategy Show, I should have an update on the London awesome. card show. But here's another example for everybody out there. So 
you're this is probably going to be like a dagger to your heart. But to <laughs> me, Donovan Mitchell is a guy that you should be looking at. What card? What cards of Donovan Mitchell do you have right now, everybody? And are they uh, cards that are desirable enough to sell right now for a profit? Because, um, like for example, his 2017 prism. Gary just left the show. Gary left the show. I think it was because I I mentioned to sell Donovan Mitchell and he got mad at me. I'm not sure what happened. Oh, he's back. There yeah, you go. You, you, you left the show. I thought, were you mad at me because of the Donovan Mitchell thing? I, I was. Can you hear me okay right now? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, you said dagger and I was like, I'm out. No, I'm just kidding. I yeah, don't know what was, happened. My uh, my web, web browser had a had an allergic reaction to your Donovan that. Mitchell take. <laughs> that was perfect timing Sorry. because I was able to just tell the audience, you know, what did I miss? The show because but now he's, back. he's mad at me because Donovan Mitchell. But Donovan Mitchell's uh, over the last 14 days. So this is an example of the hype spike of the beginning of the NBA season that Gary and I are talking about. Hey, VJ Patel, <clears throat> good to see you, my man. Um, this is an example of the hype spike. So Donovan Mitchell's 2017 Prism Silver in BGS 9.5 14 days ago was selling for uh, $200. Now it's selling for $273. So you can make $73 in theory, a 36.4% profit margin in just, I mean, he's playing well, right? which is part of the reason why the card's gone up. The other part of the reason is it's like his first, few games in a Cavs uniform at the beginning of the NBA season. So the stars are aligning for a guy who is completely in no man's land about six to eight months ago. And, and previous oh. to that, for like a couple years, I thought you were calling Cleveland no man's land. I thought that's what was happening. No, you know, Utah okay. and the whole, that whole situation. Oh yeah. 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 But my point is Garland's going to come back. Um, these numbers aren't going to always be that way for Mitchell. Uh, yes, he's going to be this good, but no, there's not going to be as much interest in his cards moving forward as there is right now, unless Cleveland wins the NBA finals, which I hope happens, especially for your sake, Gary. But, um, that's the odds are against that. So if I'm holding Donovan Mitchell cards right now, um, in the realm of that prism silver 2017 anything like that if it's a if it's a 2017 optic hollow um psa 10 any of those kinds of cards those are all that like your that's the colin sexton example or sorry that's the anthony simons example that right. you just uh that you just held up it's the same thing mitchell's a better player but it's the same concept yeah so that's that's my thoughts what do you think can you hear me okay by the way paul I can hear you. Phenomenal. All right. All right. Good. Uh, yeah. The thing about Mitchell, you're right with Garland out. He has taken on more of the offense and, and put up 30 plus in just about every game. Uh, and I don't know if that's going to get him some early MVP talk. Uh, that's not me in the Cleveland hype machine talking like he, he has that kind of talent, but, but you're right with Garland coming back anytime soon. Maybe now's a good time to sell on that, that first 14 day uh, jump that you're talking about. And I, I might be buying because I love him. Like it'll be a piece. There you go. Thing. Gary's yeah. part of the market that's going to buy him. So that's great. I mean that, and that's why this, this thing works because you've got people like me that are playing it like fantasy basketball and flipping um, like a mix of fantasy basketball fan and fan duel draft Kings and kind of fl- looking at what they think is going to happen and kind of being unemotionally attached. I'm not really collecting. Right. So Gary 
is an investor and collector. So is Kendall. So is Andy, a lot of the other people on the, yep. on the, uh, part of the nooffseason.com family here. So because that's the case, um, that's why there's a, that's why we're able to flip cards because you've got guys like Gary who are going to invest in Mitchell, maybe more from an emotional standpoint, but I, I, I know you're probably saying you also like him as an investment too. Um, so speaking of fantasy basketball last <laughs> year, when I, when I, uh, launched nooffseason.com's premium sports card investment report, which again, you can get free for a year if you email me at paul at nooffseason.com. This is over 300 player profiles across all sports, um, in-depth analysis of their cards, which cards to buy, which cards to avoid, basically how to make money on each player, a lot of timing analysis as well. Um, but I'm a basketball guy. And so when I first launched nooffseason.com, I was very confident about some sleepers that would eventually play out. Now, what I didn't realize necessarily at the time when I wrote about their cards was that it may not necessarily result in spikes in their card prices, but um, Garland was one of them, of course, but three lesser known names. One was Gary Trent Jr. Another was DeAndre Hunter. And a third was Kenyon Martin Jr., who even though he plays for the Rockets and they're horrible record-wise right now, he's actually a really freaking good player. <laughs> and um, it's just, what I want to know is, Gary, your take on this. Was I too early on these guys? Are they going to potentially still have cards that are really valuable based on their profiles on the court? Um, like, can they, do they have a ceiling related to card value or are these three guys that are, had kind of missed the cut, so to speak of cards and just fall into the, Hey, cool, Paul, you made a good call on some guys that got better as NBA players <laughs> might've helped some people's fantasy basketball teams, but you didn't necessarily help them make money in cards. Right. Right. What were the three guys again? I, I know Kenyon Martin. Yeah, Junior. Gary Trent Jr., Kenyon Martin Jr., and DeAndre Hunter were, were three of my guys. In addition to Garland, who we both agree is a stud, um, but but specifically those three guys. What do you do? You see any possibility of, of any of the people making money on their cards based well, on their performance? Yeah, yeah, Ab absolutely. There's potential there. Those are guys that when like Gary Trent did last night, when they have the opportunity, they can erupt. They can score in bunches. All three of them. Um, they're fun to watch. They they play offense and defense. Like you just named three of the most complete wing players in the league. Kenyon Martin is a beast on defense. Uh, Alley-oops and dunks, like he's incredible. He can shoot threes. Uh, the question with, I'm going to say about all three of those guys, Paul, is the teams they are on have a number of other guys in their age range that at times steal shots or minutes, uh, spotlight, starting roles from those guys. So like with, with Toronto, it's kind of an enigma for me because they've got like five interchangeable parts of guys that can lead the team in scoring on any given night or any given month. They've got Van Vliet. They've got OG Ananobi back. They've got Pascal Siakam, who looks like an MVP candidate already. They've got Gary Trent Jr., Scotty Barnes, Precious Achua. And so like, not that Gary Trent still can't make you money, it's just it's going to be harder for him to stand out on on that team in Toronto. Same deal with DeAndre Hunter, right? They just added DeJounte Murray, 
Trey Young is is the man, and his cards are undervalued there. You've got John Collins, who uh, he he can be kind of a ball hog, and I don't know how it's amazing that they've kept him this long, but he can score. Anyeka Akangwu is a young big that they want to build around. He's a double double machine. So Atlanta, DeAndre, I mean, he'll he's a tease to me because there there have been weeks where I'm like, this is the guy to get. Like, look at look at this week. He averaged in the playoffs. He had a week where like four games in a row, he averaged like close to 25 points a game. And I'm like, crap, I should buy back all those DeAndre Hunters I sold. Um, so he has the potential. And Kenyon Martin, the third, or Kenyon Martin Jr., um, what whatever he is, he doesn't look like a starter in Houston. And that's that's a challenge for me because I'm seeing they love Alper and Shangun and 15 and 10 every night. And he plays like 19 minutes. He just comes in and produces Jabari Smith, another big that they counted on to score. Uh, Jalen Green is one of those rookies where I'm like, shoot, if I don't get a good center Jalen Green prism <laughs> this weekend, uh, I failed as a basketball <laughs> fan and as a human being. Yep. Kevin Porter Jr. to me, um, if I'm looking at Houston, he's the guy that everybody's written off card wise, but he's playing like a monster averaging 22 a game and five or six assists, five or six boards, good percentages. He even shaved his head. I don't know if you've seen this, like the Kevin Porter Jr. Explodes haircut is now like he's got mentors in his life, helping him like stabilize. He could be, you know, the next all-star in Houston. So I like the guys you mentioned. I, I think you picked well, and there's still some bargains. Like those are some guys that, uh, as I go to the card show this weekend, I'm going to look in the dollar or $2 box. I'll, I'll find some of the guys I mentioned, but I'll also find the guys you mentioned. And those could be value plays. Like I said, I'd say, keep them in mind, but don't expect them to take over the, the city where they're at. Yeah, that's a great, great analysis. I think you'd have to find autos in good condition of those guys for super cheap to pull a trigger on a potential play. But this actually, your answer made me uh, want to segue right into another question I had for you, another topic, yeah, yeah. which is um, what I'm doing is narrowing my focus related to who I'm buying so that I'm not holding a bunch of different kinds of guys at one. Because this is kind of goes to an investing strategy, right? So you mentioned in your response to the last question the, the premise that, you know, you, you have a super deep team like Toronto and Atlanta, for mm -hmm. example, there's a lot of teams that are deep like that. What that, what, even though that's great for basketball and it's great for fantasy basketball, it's risky for cards. It, it, it inserts a risk that I don't think sports card investors always notice. And that is the more you spread yourself thin, you, what you're actually doing mm -hmm. is um, increasing the chances for you to lose. Right. So um, and that's kind of what I did my first year of buying a bunch of basketball cards. I was, I was, um, I wanted to get in on a bunch of different guys cause I was super excited. This guy <clears throat> might blow up. This guy might blow up. I like this guy. He's cool. I'd watch a game and be like, Oh, I want to try to him. What you're doing is you're basically just decreasing your chances. You're increasing your chances for losses is what you're doing at the same time that you're increasing your chances for wins. It's actually more likely that you're going to lose than that you're going to win. And so what I'm, what I've started to do is narrow my focus down to maybe really like five guys hmm. that I want to buy like four, maybe five guys that I would even, that I would buy. And so it's a pretty exclusive list and like, not, not surprisingly, like they're, at or near the top of, of my list on nooffseason.com for basketball cards. But um, are you, 
Do you have a buying strategy that's similar to that, that you're activating or what? I'll tell you what mine is in a second, like who my guys sure, sure. are. What are what, what's your current buying strategy? Is it narrow or is it sort of like on, on in terms of got in terms of players or is it kind of what you were saying earlier where it, it just depends on the card like if it's if you can put together a formula on the card it might not necessarily be the player it could be partially the player partially the card with a play that you want to make or is it are you more exclusive to just like i don't want to hold all these different kind of guys for any number for any for a number of days or weeks during the year i just want to be uh exclusive to particular players yeah, great question, Paul. One of the things about fantasy basketball too is it uh, you your team winds up being ten or twelve players that you're paying attention to throughout the season and paying attention to their production. And uh, some of them are guys you like, and some of them are guys that you just know produce. They do they do all the things. And uh, for me, I would say my card buying focus has been to have I have three guys right now that I love as players and following them and that's part of my PC but I also want to invest wisely with my PC money so I have my three guys that way right now are LeBron James Darius Garland and Tyrese Maxey those are my three that I'm like if I'm looking at players and and I have so many of their cards now like just I for a while I was just buying base you know a bunch of everything just to have LeBron's and just to have Darius uh, now I am being a lot more selective and leveling up in those cards. But to, to answer more of your question, I do have, as you were asking the question, I was writing down uh, names that I think they're more investment related for me and they're fun for me, but they all have several things in common. I, I, I major on guys who can lead their teams, can score 20 plus. Uh, they initiate the offense. They can handle the ball. I think they're all three level scorers meaning they can shoot threes or drive to the lane and dunk on your face, um, which makes them talented and hard to stop for a defense and fun to watch if you're on SportsCenter. So I've got six guys if you just want me to rip through them. Yeah, that's and, great. That's perfect. And, okay, each one of these, I've got a card or two or three, and none of them are like, none of them are big news, but there's a couple guys that I'm just focusing on. One, okay, John Morant is obvious. Uh, Anthony Edwards is obvious, and it's nice to see him erupt like he did last night, had a great game. Uh, but these other four, uh, a guy actually in the last seven or eight days that stands out to me as a great deal underappreciated and buying opportunity when it comes to just the PSA 10 base cards is Brandon Ingram. I think the Pelicans are a potential playoff team with all the weapons they have back and CJ McCollum now and, and Zion hopefully healthy. But even if he's not, Brandon Ingram is like, a uh, 25-point triple-double waiting to happen anytime, and he had an awesome playoff series. So I like him a lot, and I just bought a PSA 10 Prism base of his, uh, went back and forth on one of those buy, uh, sorry, buy it now or best offer sales on eBay and ended up getting the card for, like I, I think it was 15 or $20 under the lowest recent comp. And I was like, okay, I have to spend on that. Even though I'm not buying, I'll buy that. So Ingram is high on my list right now. The other three guys... Uh, are players that I've actually done. I was in May. I was doing uh, articles about on hoopsandcards.com and saying this guy is a like an NBA star, but a card sleeper. And those three guys, just three, three S's. So Shea Gilgis Alexander, that's one. Um, I don't see playoffs in their future, but I do see what he's doing, and this this should be his first year as an All Star. 
I think people are excited and paying attention to Oklahoma City with all the young prospects, but I don't expect him to be a playoff prophet. Um, and I don't mind keeping SGA's long-term. Second S is uh, Anthony Simons and absolutely love him. I think it's taken a few games for him to figure out, okay, how do I play off the ball? How do I play, you know, when I'm not the focal point of the offense? Because last year he had the offense to himself for a while without Lillard. But Simon's cards are, they're getting hotter. Um, it's it's getting harder to find cheap Anthony Simon's cards because he's, uh, he can be everything that you need on the court with a scoring guard. And then the third guy is Pascal Siakam. And uh, I just, I've always loved his game. I've always been fascinated with his background coming from Cameroon, but they run the offense through him. And, uh, you know, he's one of those guys last year when I was watching the the rookie of the year chase and Evan Mobley and Scotty Barnes. And every night I would check the scores or watch the highlights and see like, well, Scotty Barnes had, you know, 15 and 10, but Siakam had 38 and eight. And uh, he's already, he's already continuing that this year. Siakam looks, I don't know if you've, you've seen any of this stuff, but like, He's he's a blast, man. He, he he can do it all. Um, he's in his prime or entering his prime, and like we said about Toronto, all those weapons they look like a deep deep run playoff team. They just ran Philly out of the gym again last night, but Siakam is at the center of that. And um, you know, I what I said about Toronto it, on any given night, one of these guys can erupt. It seems like Pascal is the constant. Like last night, thirteen assists. Even though he, even though Trent Jr. led in scoring, Siakam was leading the team, and uh, and card card wise, nobody cares. Like his cards are dirt cheap right now, so I'm buying. Love that. That's a great list and uh, <laughs> good analysis there too. Um, but you tell me, man, am I wrong on Siakam? Like, why why is he? I mean, people know well, his name. He's a champion. He's a three time All Star. I like your, I like your levels, and I think you're right to have. I think it's for any disciplined sports card investor that's that's going to make money based on their analysis and their execution and their discipline. I think it's right to have excitement, but to have your excitement be at the level of like the sleeper investment. So he's like your third level sleeper. And so I used to be a couple of years ago, I used to be more like all level three people, like just putting all of my money in a bunch of sleepers. And so now, um, no, I think, so I don't know if you're, I don't know if I would agree that I would put my money into Siakam as a sleeper, but I agree, but I like your logic of having him in that tier. And, and I love, I think everyone listening and watching should have their own version of that. They should, they should, what I would encourage everybody to do is to have, is to put most of your money, um, most of your sports card investment budget money, that is to be very clear into top level guys. So for me, uh, mine's similar to Gary, but you know, just a li- little bit of overlap, but Anthony Edwards, Giannis, Ja, uh, are my top level. And then I more have a, so I'm, I'm kind of top level loaded, uh, but then the next level down, I think, is a little bit more uh, calculated sleeper. Like it's um, Cade and Lamelo would be my next level down. So again, level one, Anthony Edwards, Giannis, and Ja. Pretty pretty obvious guys there that just make I think make a ton of sense to put money into because mm-hmm. they're going to always be liquid, um, and they have the up and they have like unlimited upside, as much upside as anybody else. Next level down, Cade and Lamelo just because I think they are also super liquid. Um, 
with as much with probably more upside unrealized to this point, but probably just as much upside. So if you were, if we were to visualize this in a chart, it would be like, they have the biggest sort of ceiling quote unquote, just because they, they have the most unrealized upside. Whereas like Giannis has already realized a lot of his upside. So there's stuff baked in jaw to a certain extent has, has dollars baked in as well. And I think Anthony Edwards, even though he's, (laughs) even though his team's never really done anything significant, I think because he's the whole card world noticed over the last 18 months, how legit and electric he is. Um, I do think there's a little bit baked into Anthony Edwards, but the good news is with all three of those guys, when their team does win, there's going to be a substantial, Mm. not only spike, but probably a significant, um, significant, like lasting effect on their card value, not just a spike. So like, like a actual plateau higher than where they are now. But then I, so then I, I have a super sleeper level also where I'm looking at like, can I get this guy's centered base prism for like a dollar? Can I get his silver prism centered for $10, $15? And that's Zaire Williams. Um, mm-hmm. and, and to me, that's just, it falls in the, de- like this might be a DeAndre Hunter mistake again, all over again. But as long as I don't spend that much money on Zaire Williams, it's actually, it's more just for fun because I just think he's the type of player that could explode in the NBA from a pro, from a profile standpoint, 10th overall pick, six foot nine, plays four different positions. Um, the risk is that he's not the number one or the number two on his team. At best, he's the number three. He's probably more likely the number six, seven, or eight right now. So I'm not going to put too much money into Zaire Williams, but just for the sheer fact of like, I need to have some kind of super sleeper to hang my hat on and to buy <laughs> cards of. I like him. Um, and then I'm, you know, I look at everybody else too. Like you mentioned Jalen yeah. Green, right? Yeah. There's obviously like a lot of other Jalen Green type players that I'm looking at, you mentioned Tyrese Maxey, you like him. So it's, it's hard not to look at those guys and want to buy their cards. I like Jonathan Kaminga. I know you don't. Um, so, but like, I'm not buying them. I'm only, I'm only going to actually buy Edwards, Giannis, Ja, Cade, Lamelo, Zaire. So very exclusive six people on my list. That's what I'm rolling out these days. Um, Hey Paul, can yeah. I can I add um, what I was what I was saying? My list of six there, and I'm I realize I talked for quite a while when I when I asked, when you asked me that question. I'm like, hey LeBron, and I went through ten other guys. Um, I uh, Giannis is one of my core four or five players that I'm buying. My deal with him is I've already bought a bunch of Giannis in the last two months, so I'm like, good for you, I'm good on Giannis Smart. and the Siakam play. I'm only in for like right now. I've only spent. $40 on Siakam cards. So I've just That's got, great. I've got one card, but I'm intrigued by the, you know, seeing his, seeing the way a guy plays and performs as an all-star. It's sort of my Siakam experiment. You know, what, what is the card market going to take notice of this season? If anything, if they don't, I don't care. I got a great card that I like, but I was curious what you think about Brandon Ingram because the Pelicans look better. Yeah. I like your Brandon Ingram call. I saw your Instagram post 
And what a great, <laughs> what a great deal. It was listed for, this is a great example. So Gary, for those of you go to uh, Instagram hoops and cards, he's got a great post where he basically, his point is like, this was a buy it now, I think listed for 120 bucks. Gary got it for like 60. I should have waited till it arrives in the mail to flex about it. But it was, <laughs> it was a good deal. <laughs> That's a great, I mean, you did what I think everybody should do is when you find a card on eBay that you know you want to buy and it's a uh, buy it now or best offer, you should offer half of the listing just to start. It right. might automatically decline it, but it's worth trying it. Um, if it automatically declines it, you kind of know that that seller is looking for a particular price. And then you got to determine what you want to do from there. But I would start with half. Gary, I, I love Brandon Ingram. I mean, short yeah, yeah. answer. I love Brandon Ingram. To me, I'm just, I'm trying to stay disciplined, like reminding myself, if you buy everyone that you like, you're not <laughs> right. going to accomplish your own personal goal, Paul, which is actually <laughs> right. make money on... Exactly. Um, investing in sports cards. It's, you're not starting the Brandon Ingram fan club. You're trying to you're trying to like put food on the table and I'm not uh, trying to get bragging cards. rights about Brandon Ingram. I'm trying to Well, uh, and can I say too like that that Brandon Ingram buy came from I did maybe 20 minutes of market mover research on Brandon Ingram and three or four other players, Jalen Brown being one, um Siakam being another, but but basically zeroed in on Ingram and then compared six different Brandon Ingram cards. And I saw which cards were selling most frequently, uh, which, which grades and which parallels. And it seemed like the base PSA 10 was the most liquid. There were the most sales in the last three months of PSA 10 prisms. I know it's not rocket science, but I want a card that I can flip if I need to. And I saw that the range of a 10 up and down was there was far more room to, to, to buy and sell than there was on a PSA nine or even on a silver of Brandon Ingram. So I'm like, all right, I knew the range going into that, you know, basically going into buying a Brandon Ingram PSA 10, I knew the range was going to be between 70 and $120 on a base PSA 10. Cause people hear PSA 10, some of them are willing to pay top dollar to get that perfect card and have it just buy it now, be done with it. Others are winning an auction at, you know, four in the morning and, uh, Guam and they, they get a steal on the card. I was like, all right, I know what my range is. Here's a guy that has a $119 or best offer. I'm going to, uh, right now I'm just going to offer him 50. Cause again, I know what the range is 70 to 120. I I'm, I'm in charge right now. It's buying season cash is King. So I'm like, I'm just going to throw an offer out there and see how far he comes down. I offered 50. He came down to 85 and I was like, dude, we're, we're talking. I might even go up to 85 and pay it. So I counter offered at 60 and the guy accepted. And I'm like, okay, either, either the stock market just crashed today and I didn't, you know, or the guy needed to sell and get some cash and he's got a better card. He wants to buy for 60 bucks. Like, I don't know, maybe he has $5 in the card. Right. But all that to say market movers helped me nail down. That's the card I want to get. And I got a good deal on it. I was, I was lucky that day. Gary, that's a phenomenal exercise that everybody should, should, partake in everybody listening uh, again rewind it back hit that 15 market second movers, button baby. three or four times gary do you have a promo code at market movers that we could throw out yet i know you're working on an affiliate i do but this is your this is your show paul let's go with the the no off season code okay you're, you're, well the, if, you're the man it's your your time thanks gary i appreciate that um yeah yeah no off season is the code it'll give you your first month for only one dollar at marketmoversapp.com. So check it out. And uh, if you want to support Gary, uh, go to hoopsandcards.com, subscribe <laughs> mm. to 
uh, Hoops Plus and uh, listen to Hoops and Cards on uh, Apple, Spotify, and everywhere else you get your podcast. Okay, Gary, speaking of market movers, I got one more question before yeah, we yeah. wrap up the show. So when you go to the deals tab on market movers, there's um, this is interesting because I like I like what you did with Brandon Ingram and, and uh, mm-hmm. Jalen Brown um, in your analysis. But uh, if, if you don't want to do as deep of an analysis as Gary just described, and if you're not as big of a data geek as I am and you just want to know, <laughs> like, how can I like what what's the easiest way to understand, like what's a good buy? Most of the time, you can find at least a couple cards on the deals tab. And I'm looking at two right now. Um, I sorted it by basketball because this is the basketball card strategy show. So I put basketball in on the deals tab. And there's two that are standing out for me. One is a Josh Giddy 2021 Prism Purple Wave PSA 10. It says it's a pop 10. Um, wow. This is down 25% from its last sale. So the way that this works is there's a buy it now price of $300. Uh, the current price that it most recently sold for was $400. So there's a hundred dollar profit margin in there. Hence the $25, 25% profit margin, hundred dollar profit margin. Then if you scroll down a little further, there's a Desmond Bain 2020 prism fast break PSA 10. Yes, sir. Eight. This is basically the same thing. It's um, $125 profit margin, uh, buy it now price of $385. Uh, compared to current price, it's down 25%, meaning it last sold for $510. What's interesting about this to me is you got to compare two things. First of all, to make the same amount of money, basically, you have to pay more for the Desmond Bain, a little bit more, $85 more to make you got to pay $85 more to make $25 more than if you were to try to flip the giddy. My question to you is of these two, this is a little mini gauntlet. It's a, would you rather here on the basketball <laughs> card strategy show? Would you rather buy this Bane as a flip or the giddy as a flip? Are you, Oh, you're asking me, this wasn't a hypothetical for our, this is a our question listeners. For you. A question for, our well, listeners. Hey listeners comment, let us know. What you think. <laughs> but, uh, it's scary. It's, what do you think? It's hard for me even to, as a basketball fan and investor speculator, it's hard for me to say no to Desmond Bain. So I'm not going to do it. I not, I mean, Giddy is awesome, young and can do a, a variety of things. Uh, but Bain's on a playoff team and what well, he can create his own shot and get 30 anytime he wants. So I think he's, I think he's got the chance to be the Pippin to, Jaws Jordan, if that's a thing. I know we're early. I love it. I know we're what early, do you guys think? What do you guys think? Let us Desmond know Bain. in the comments. And uh, if you're listening on Apple and Spotify, tweet at no offseason card and uh check check out sports card strategy on Instagram. Gary's hoops and cards on Instagram. Is that correct? Yep, yep. At hoops and Twitter cards. Hand? Your Twitter uh, handle is like at cards underscore hoops. Which makes it harder to find. Somebody already had hoops and cards. If you have it, please contact me. I'd love to trade you some cards for that Twitter name. But yeah, I just want to apologize to uh, Desmond and Tyrese for leaving you off the list. Halliburton, you are a stud. You are the man. And uh, and it's hard for me. You're you're a Detroit guy, Paul. So it's but it's hard for me to get worked up about Cade when you've you've got other great players like Shea Gilgis Alexander and Tyrese Halliburton who are doing a lot of the same things on 
non-playoff teams just like Cade is. I, yeah. I think it'll be fun to see those teams grow and they have future playoffs, you know, in, in three or four years. What do you, what, what's your take on Cade? Is it you're a Detroit guy and he's the number one pick? I think it's, it's more that he's the number one pick than it is that I'm a Detroit guy. But I believe that I like his, I don't know. I, I like his profile as a, as an NBA player. Um, mm-hmm. As a, what I mean by that is like, I like him as like the leader of a team, the face of a franchise. Um, I see him potentially spending his whole career in Detroit. I don't, you don't see that very much anymore. We hope we see it with guys like Ja in Memphis and, and other guys around the league. But um, I think Cade is like going to be a guy that has more upside than, a, than an SGA. I see SGA as a, like, as a guy that is, maybe more, more upside as a scorer, um, maybe more upside as a flashier type of highlight real guy, but Agreed. not necessarily as like the face of a franchise. So I think it's rare that you would get like, it's almost like whoever Detroit drafts or acquires from here on out, it's still Cade is the guy. Um, the Isaiah Thomas, if you will, it didn't mm. matter who else Detroit had in that era. Um, it was always Isaiah's team and I kind of see Cade as that. And that's the best Pistons analogy. There's better, you could say the same about magic and the Lakers and things like that. Um, that's kind of why Cade over some of those other guys, but like I could see Tyrese Halliburton being in the conversation less about SGA. I could see, I could see Mm. Tyrese. Tyrese is starting to win me over a couple episodes ago. (laughs) I was down on Tyrese. I might come around on him. We'll see. I've been known to admit when I'm wrong. Um, Wait, Chad you... Gill says he's he's oh, yeah. he's uh Chad, what's up, man? Thanks for watching. He says Bane, Bane. and then uh, Memphis way better team, which is important to liquidity. Yeah, that's a good point. I I think that's that's probably part of the reason why Gary was uh was picking Bane. And Paul, well. can I can I expand on that too? It's not I mean a better team. Certainly they're on TV a lot more, but also you have a selling opportunity then in May and June if they advance you know a long way in the playoffs. You have a selling opportunity with Bane that you might not have with Giddy at least not this season. Absolutely. Giddy could get lost. I mean, Giddy could be a flash in the pan. Whereas every like Bane actually seems to have won everybody over to the point where like, he's probably not going anywhere, uh, both from an NBA standpoint and from a card standpoint. So I hope I'm right about Cade. I really do think that that's a, that that's a guy that's Mm -hmm. going to have more and more fans come his way as more and more people get to see him play. And as the, as the Pistons win more, um, Jaden Ivy is, is like going to be their jaw mini jaw light, uh, in Detroit. So Cade's going to have a lot of, uh, supporting cast that will help him get attention. But I think ultimately he's still going to be the guy there, regardless of who else. What's your, what's your take on adding Bogdanovich to the mix? Like I, I love who he is as a player and what he, what he adds to the team. And at the same time, he's taking shots and development away from Sadiq Bay and Jaden Ivy. I don't, I don't understand that even though you got a steal getting him right. Where they just saying, let's go for the playoffs now, or what's the, I mean, I think, I think you got, you make a good point, but I think like, so, so Sadiq and Jaden, there's still more than enough minutes for those guys. And like, if, if, uh, if they weren't getting the minutes, I'd be, I'd be saying the same thing. I'd be like, why did, you know, why, why did we do this? But I think you, you want to compete. There's a, there's a culture that there's a cultural effect to 
tanking and and losing too much. And the Pistons ever since well, this is going to sound really conceited, but I sometimes I kind of like to say things like this just for fun. <laughs> ever since I left the franchise, they <laughs> really funny. have sucked. They really have sucked ever since mm-hmm. I left. I left in 2007. That cultural leadership right there. Check check the check the record book. Ever since I left 2007, the Pistons have sucked. Um and so that's 15 years of sucking. And so they don't need to suck anymore. So they get get Bogdanovich who can help them actually win some games. They got him like to your point. They didn't have to give up anything to get him that like they didn't hurt their future development from an asset standpoint to, to go get him. So no, and I'm probably just jealous because he would have fit in perfectly in Cleveland where a three man who can nail shots like he can and is just a solid veteran. That would have been, Oh my gosh, I can't believe you got him so cheap. Um, but no, you're absolutely right. And 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 about the veteran that sets the tone for these young lottery picks, like Cleveland have Kevin Love has been priceless in that locker room. So having a Bogdan or Bo- Boyan or Bogdan, I get him, I get him mixed up. It's Bogdanovich. It's, is it Bo- yeah, it's it's Bogdanovich. I think it's Bojan. Bojan, <laughs> Bojan yeah. Yeah. So we'll see what Dwayne Casey can do. I you know, we'll you know, I I'm rooting for everybody, rooting for everybody there in the Pistons organization. And uh, they, you know, he has a contract extension last year, so hopefully he'll, hopefully he'll earn that. Um, but yeah, great show. Anything else you want to add, Gary? Before we sign off for the basketball card strategy show. Yeah, yeah. As far as uh, you went, your super sleeper. Who was the guy you mentioned again? Your deep sleeper guy? Zaire Williams. Okay, thank you. Zaire Williams. Um, one of the things I'm doing this weekend and probably for the next few shows that I'm at, and by the way, I probably have more, um, like 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 you would say, I want to buy everything uh, that I see sometimes or every player that happens to me because I see cards in person at shows like you're going to see in London. You might you might not go to the show thinking I'm going to buy a Steph Curry rookie, but if you see a steal on one, or if you see uh, options on cards where you're like, I can't believe you know how cheap this, whatever it is, Chet Holmgren, you know, auto like you're talking about. Yeah, um, I'm willing to go fun. off my plan to get deals. One of those is to go through the dollar box, two dollar, or the autograph and relic box, and find guys like Zaire Williams and find. I, I wrote down three guys. Uh, Alperin Shangoon is one. Second one, the, actually, he would be third on this list. Trey Mann and Trey Murphy. Both of those guys are getting more playing time and shooting and scoring in bunches. I'd probably add Jalen Noel as another that you can find in cheap boxes still and say, I can't believe I got this player who, when they get the opportunity and and at their age, it's only a matter of time. Like I don't know if you've seen what Trey Murphy's done for uh, the Pelicans, but uh, Trey Mann may be part of the reason I don't love Giddy as much because I'm seeing he he gets a bunch of threes and he winds up being the the 15 to 20 point a night guy alongside Shy Shay Gildas Alexander. Yeah, that's a uh, good point. No, I'm I I love this is why I love creating content with you because <laughs> you're you're bringing up so, so many good points about other deep sleepers that and I I'm think rooting for Cam Thomas like. About. Cam Thomas is our dude, right? He hasn't gotten off the bench much. I'm like, what are you doing, Brooklyn? No wonder you're losing. You're yeah, like rejecting just... Paul's advice. Play Cam Thomas. Play Cam Thomas. Everybody. Free Cam Thomas. Free Cam Thomas. Everybody. 
everybody just be patient. Just just go buy. Just keep buying Cam Thomas. It's exactly. he's at an all time low. Right <laughs> That's now. right. Bones Highland too. Get in it. Yeah, go um, get Bones. Bones isn't hasn't really exploded, and I still like him. Me too. All right, good stuff. Great sleepers, everybody. Uh, let us know what you think of the show. Comment, mm. ask us questions. Email Paul at nooffseason.com, uh, Gary at hoopsandcards.com, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. And thanks again for watching and listening. Um, Paul Hickey, he's Gary with Hoops and Cards. Everybody have a great day. There's a jaw. Ja, and baby. and uh, if Kendall were here, he would say something along the lines of, Cue the rock music! Boom. Love the rock music. Is that you on guitar? Love the rock music. Yeah, I wish.